Jerry Sloan. Jerry was a very hard coach on you, which I took for the rest of my career, and it kind of helped me. He was tough rolls the same way as he played. He was the same type of coach. And I can remember that he'd come into the locker room and things weren't going well and say, when you show up to your mailbox and your check's not there, then you guys are going to realize that I'm not asking you too much to get out here and play hard. And that really <laughs> stuck with me, I think, throughout my years. Honoring the memory of the Utah Jazz legend and member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, Jerry Sloan. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at RGS Exteriors. They will improve the curb appeal for your house with James Hardy Brickstone and Stucco Exteriors. Along with soffit fish and rain gutters, check them out at rgsutahsiding.com. We're going to talk to Steve Klauke in a moment. Uh, asking for your help on a little project we're doing, get on our open mic feature on the Zone Sports Network app. You can record up to 15 seconds of audio and send it right to the control room. We're going to try and put together as many of those as we possibly can, and we'll post them online, and uh, we'll play them next week. We'll, we'll play it next Tuesday, no matter how long it is. Uh, the Zone Sports Network app, download it. Get that open mic. Send in your thoughts, a, a tribute, a memory, whatever. We're going to string them all together and play them on Tuesday and get them up online. A little zone listener tribute uh, to Jerry Sloan because, uh, Gordon, as we talked about earlier, you know, uh, so many people have memories and interactions and thoughts about him because he had a big impact on the community. Yeah, I say let everybody speak. Let everybody speak. It's, uh, it's a great idea. All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Of course, we know him as the voice of the Salt Lake Bees, the voice of the Weber State Wildcats, but longtime radio celebrity, no big deal. He's the one and only Steve Klauke with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve, how are you? Uh, doing all right. Uh, obviously a tough day for anybody that knew uh, uh, Coach Sloan, and especially from my standpoint where uh, I, I can remember as a junior high school and a high school student watching him play. So, Steve, well, I don't want to make you feel uh, like you're ancient or anything, but oh, tell, us, t- tell us a little bit about what you saw uh, of Jerry as a player. <laughs> well, it was it was amazing. You know, first of all, he was – picked by the Chicago Bulls out of the expansion draft from the Baltimore Bullets. But I believe, if I recall correctly, he was their second pick off the Baltimore roster. The first was Johnny Red Kerr, but he was a player for the Bullets, but they uh, took him in the expansion draft to be their head coach. And uh, Jerry really, when uh, it was his second year, the first year with the Bulls, but he didn't play all that much for Baltimore the year before that. But it didn't take very long for him to become the centerpiece as far as fans in Chicago were concerned because as you might imagine he was tough as nails out there gave it his all every night uh, night in night out and it was really a, a joy to watch him play when he and Norm Van Leer were paired up as the guards on, on the Bulls backcourt I, I, the best way I could compare them to as far as how they played their defense they reminded me of a pair of Oakland Raider uh, bump and run cornerbacks they were that tough they were that tough but they were uh, those two together were quite the uh, uh, the teammates and, uh, and all that. So he he really was Mr. Chicago Bull before Jordan came along, and it was uh, always fun to watch him play. Whether it was the first year 
at the old International Amphitheater or later at the old Chicago Stadium. But that first year, the amphitheater, it was right next door to the Chicago Stockyards. And quite frankly, it smelled like it. And so when I had a chance to meet Jerry for the first time after moving out to Salt Lake to become a part of the Jazz pregame, halftime, and postgame shows, I asked him, Jerry, how could you guys play there? It smelled awful. And he looked at me and goes, Steve, you forget, I'm from a farm in southern Illinois. It smelled like money to me. <laughs> Steve Klauke, uh is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, and Steve, my dad grew up watching him play as well and uh, would always say that Jerry Sloan was the toughest NBA player he ever saw. And, uh, you know, Jerry, as a coach, that's that I think is is his big legacy with uh, with the Jazz that even lives on today. Play hard, play tough, and have that kind of hard nosed attitude that fits so well with the franchise as well as this community. Well, from my recollections of those days, I believe he was really one of the first, if not the first, to patent taking charges. He was proud. He wanted to take ten charges a game, as Dick Motta would later say, his old head coach with Chicago. He was uh, he was right there, planted in the lane. He didn't care how big the guys storming down the lane was he wanted to be able to take that charge. He was a guy that uh, prided himself on defense, but, you know, he could score a little bit, too. I mean, he averaged 18 points a game one year, and I was fortunate enough to be in Milwaukee the night that he set his career high, which was 43 points in a game against the Bucks. and Oh, many years back uh, when Tim Buckley was writing for the Deseret News, who was closing in on March 5th, which was the date of, the, of his record high, I remember telling T-Buck, you know, you ought to do an article about the, the anniversary of Jerry's 43 points. He was 19 for 36 from the field and 5 out of 6 from the foul line. You know, th- 43 points is impressive without any three-point line. And he thought that would be a good idea. So he talked to come one of the players and uh, one of the players was uh, Matt Harpering. And he said, uh, he gave Matt those stats and Harpering looked at T-Buck and said, you mean Coach Sloan took 36 shots in one game? He'd never let us do that. And for the next two days at practice, Jerry had no idea why. Harpering kept calling Sloan Kobe. <laughs> Did, I don't remember, uh, Steve, talking to Jerry about this. And maybe you did. I don't. Do you know how he felt about going to the finals against uh, against the Bulls? And you know, because I remember being in that building and looking up and seeing that number four hanging in the uh, rafters. Yeah, it was it was a little bit different for him. I mean, at that, but, but from what he told me, it was a situation where you know the Bulls were great to him. He had a great career there as a player, a brief career there with one successful season as a head coach. But at that point, he had already been with the Jazz for what twelve, thirteen years, and at that point, uh, the, he looked at it as the Jazz were his employers, and there was no real melancholy feeling about playing Chicago. Steve Klauke is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. How much do you think uh, Jerry's uh, upbringing, you mentioned the the farm there in Illinois, how much did that play into who he was as a a person, player, and coach? Oh, it was was everything. It was really everything as far as the the way he was brought up. It was a tough living as far as, you know, know, working the chores in the morning before going to school, working the chores in the the afternoon after coming home from school and for, what, six years, a a one-room schoolhouse. So really that kind of uh, started 
and developed his uh, demeanor in regards to his work ethic and how tough he was and that uh, uh, you had to put in a, a good day's work to get results, the old lunch pail line that he always used to use uh, uh, with his players. So I, I really think that kind of a background and you know playing at McLeansboro High School and bouncing from the University of Illinois eventually to Evansville University uh, really was a part of, of his foundation. And I think it also led to the fact that he was, you know, he, he loved the camaraderie of basketball because it was a lonely life on the floor. That's why I think he always enjoyed his teammates, whether it was his high school buddies from McLeansboro, his college teammates, or or even his uh, professional teammates. I can remember how devastated he was when Johnny Kerr passed away, and then, you know, a week later, I think it was, Norm Van Leer passed away, and then probably his closest friend on the team, uh, the center, Tom Borwinkle, he passed away, oh gosh, about 10, 12 years ago. And I remember how close they were, and of course the famous uh, story that Jerry used to tell that in Northbrook, Illinois, where he lived when he played for Chicago, that Borwinkle bought the house behind his, and uh, one day he was looking out to the backyard and saw that Tom was building a fence, so he went back, and you know Tom was seven feet tall, and he asked Tom, well, how high is this fence going to be? And Borwinkle said, oh, about six feet, nine inches tall. That way I could look into your backyard, but you can't look into mine. <laughs> I remember when I went to McLeansboro, Steve, uh, and uh, talking with uh, the owner of Don's Liquor Hut uh, about Sloan. And this is what he said about him. And it, it goes right in line with what you were talking about. He said, he'll come in, get a couple of bags of peanuts and a beer, and we'll sit a while and talk. Everybody around here knows Jerry. And when I was there at Don's Liquor Hut, I talked to somebody else. And that person said of Jerry, he said, he's one of us. If he were here right now, he'd be the worst dressed person around in bib overalls and an old hat. He was dirt poor growing up. And even though he's been successful and put us on the map, he never changed. No, and the thing is that, you know, because of that background, this is probably why he was such a, a generous person, uh, whether it be with his time or his money. As I, I found out my first uh, couple of years uh, doing the Jazz pre-half and post-game and traveling with the team during the postseason, it was impossible for me to spend any of my expense money if he was in the neighborhood because he would, he would always make sure that you didn't pay for anything you drank, anything that you ate. He was that kind of a person. Hmm. Steve Klauke with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, what about him made him a great coach, do you think? I mean, lots of, uh, of great players try coaching, and not all of them succeed. Why was Jerry able to, do you think? Well, I think it was a couple of things. One would be his work ethic. I think, uh, you know, bar none, he, he wanted to work as hard as he could to be as successful as he could, and he didn't, you know, he and he wanted the players to be the same. But I think the players were always respected the fact that uh, even when times were tough, he would always uh, have their back, which was the case. I think that he learned while playing under Dick Mata. I'm sure his high school and college coach uh, had an effect as well, and I'm sure he, he learned a little bit as well under Coach Layton. So he, he I think he took all of that and uh, developed the style that he wanted to go with and uh, obviously very successful style it was so steve if you uh if if one day one of your grandkids kind of came up to you and said hey grandpa tell me about jerry sloan what what would be the what would be the thrust of what you would say Probably he was one of the most intense people that I ever met in regards to what he did for a living. 
But I also told him he had, uh, and as your uh, column points out, I think, uh, a soft side that not a lot of people had a, a chance to see. But uh, I remember uh, back in the, when we first uh, moved here, uh, uh, my season tickets that my wife would sit in was about five rows behind uh, where Bobby Sloan sat. And she had actually sat behind the bench at one time, but Bobby intimated to my wife that uh, uh, Jerry wanted her to move over there so that uh, during timeouts she could see who was paying attention and who wasn't, and she could report back to him. But it was funny that uh, she would say that it was a situation where uh, you know he was great at not taking it home. He was able to separate work from pleasure, work from his home life and all that. And I think uh, I would probably stress to uh, the grandkids uh, if and when they come around that uh, he was uh, uh, as intense a person that I ever met uh, when it came to his job, but as soft as could be when it came to home and family. Steve, uh, as you know, if you look back uh, on your uh, experiences or a memory or a story or, or something as you l- remember Jerry Sloan, what, what comes to mind? Well, it's funny because, you know, here I was wide-eyed coming from uh, Chicago, uh, admiring him as a player as we all did back then. I remember going back to my 20th high school reunion, and they used to, they, for that reunion they had us send in photos of us at work and us at uh, uh, play and at home and what have you. And uh, I remember that uh, I sent a couple of pictures. Yeah, I tried to grandstand it. One was me talking with John Stockton, and the other was with Jerry. And uh, when the picture of, uh, of me and, and John came up on the screen, there was very little reaction. And then two minutes later, when they showed a picture of me interviewing Jerry, the roar at the reunion was uh, was deafening. It was uh, a, a lot of fun because he he that was that that was uh, Jerry to us. He was he was. Uh, he was Mr. Bull at that time, so he was a guy that uh, uh, I, I just was in awe of when I first came here, but that awe was uh, quickly changed because he made sure that you, you didn't fawn on him, uh, and so he, he kind of set me straight early on, but it was really, really, really great to me as far as developing what I was doing uh, with the Jazz and, and all that, and then even in the transition to baseball, he'd make fun of me for they're switching over to doing uh, baseball, even though I was with the Jazz during the regular season, because he really wasn't a baseball fan, although he, his wife made him buy season tickets the first season of the buzz, and he went to his first game after the playoffs were over with, and I don't think he went to another game after that, because uh, a hitter uh, took a swing and a miss, and the bat slipped out of his hands and came three feet away from hitting Gary. <laughs> so, Steve, what, what, what if you were to... Uh, if you were to mention the the moment where you saw Jerry the the maddest, say if that's a word, uh, what would your memory be? And when you saw him at his happiest, well, the happiest uh, would always be uh, when the opportunities came during the course of a season when. Uh, son Brian or daughters Kathy or Holly were able to uh, come back to, to Salt Lake and visit with him and uh, and, and later on would have uh, uh, his grandkids there to see him as soon as the media huddle broke up uh, go over to them and the big smile on his face regardless of whether or not the Jazz won or lost it was uh, uh, always uh, uh, great to see and that was when I always saw him at his happiest his maddest well there were a couple of things one is I always noticed every year that the Jazz had to repaint the purple 
underneath his seat because he'd stomp so hard that purple would start to fade away. So that was kind of a, a cumulative mad. But I think the maddest I ever, I think I ever saw Jerry was when he was a player. The Jazz were playing. Jazz. The Bulls were playing in Milwaukee, and he and Norm Van Leer were on the bench, and some fan uh, came down from the stands and just poured beer over both of them. And, of course, the, the two of them were furious. They charged into the stands and basically uh, uh, pummeled the guy. And, of course, back then that was just considered uh, protecting your territory, and uh, they were neither fined nor suspended. <laughs> Steve, uh, I, 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 wait, I, wait. I want to see the guy who has the nerve to dump a beer on Jerry Sloan. Well, on. I don't remember what exactly he looked like, but the term... Uh, hamburger face might uh, <laughs> might uh, jump into my head steve last thing from me uh and i know this is not the topic of the day but uh wondering you know we're following the comeback of sports very closely wondering if you're hearing anything at all about uh, minor league baseball coming back and maybe uh, good news or or not about uh, if we're going to get to the ballpark this summer well, I know that it's all up to the major leagues, and every formula that I have seen so far is not encouraging, but I'm going to hold out hope until we're told no, because a lot of the different formulas I have seen have the major league teams carrying four or five extra players, expanding their roster, and then... Uh, having 20, 25 players working out at their spring training camps uh, just in case they're needed due to injury. So it, it's, not, uh, it's not promising at this point, but I'm not going to hold out or completely hold out hope. Two questions for me real quick on baseball, mm -hmm. Steve. The first one is I read a story the other day that talked about how the owners in the past, when they have lost money, that one of the ways that they have recouped some of that money was to expand and to bring a couple of new teams in. I think after the collusion lawsuit, I think they, the league expanded. Uh, do you think there's a possibility with what's going on this summer that the major leagues could expand? And will Salt Lake City ever get a major league team? On the first half of that, I would say, yes, I wouldn't be surprised if they expanded because I think that's something that's uh, been kind of on the back burner. Talks about uh, getting uh, Montreal back into Major League Baseball. I know Nashville's been mentioned. I know Russell Wilson, the Seahawks quarterback, is a part of a group trying to bring uh, Major League Baseball back to Portland. So I do see it happening as far as Salt Lake City is concerned, uh, I, doubt, I doubt it. I, you know, I always used to uh, listen to Ian Furness talk about this as well. That I don't know that the corporate dollar is quite here in Salt Lake City. Uh, you're, you're talking about 81 home games a year where you have to build a, a ballpark big enough and, and sell all the suites and the advertising, and I just don't think that the money is here. So uh, uh, I guess uh, my answer to that would be probably not. All right, and last thing for me, Steve, is what do you think of the Doosan Bears? Do you think that they, are, they have enough talent to win the Korean League? Well, if I'm not mistaken, they do have one former Bees pitcher on their roster, uh, Drew Rusinski. So, uh, yeah, I think they, they have a chance to go all the way, but they need to stay healthy because they don't have a lot of depth in their minor league system. <laughs> 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 that was amazing. I love it. We've adopted teams from Have the you? Korean League. Yeah, and I took the Doosan Bears. Uh, Jake uh, Austin took Samsung, whatever they are. What the are Lions. The Lions. Remember and, the name. And uh, Jake, who did you take, Jake? 
The Key Womb Heroes. <laughs> the Heroes. <laughs> well, I ask a question. I ask a question about Korean League baseball to Steve Clowkey, and he's breaking down the roster. Uh, but Cla- no. Clowkey knows the perils of being a fan of a team named the Bears, though, Gordon. Ouch! Yeah. Ouch! Ouch! Come on, Austin! Ouch! <laughs> wow! I, I still Austin's every time I think of the Bears, I think of okay, could have had Patrick Mahomes or. Uh, uh, the Houston quarterback, whose name escapes me for the minute, but no, they took Mitchell Trubisky instead. Good, good move. <laughs> yeah, gotta love uh, it. But, uh, yeah. No, it, uh, yeah, just to, to summarize, uh, it was a, a joy and a pleasure uh, to watch Jerry play, and a joy and a pleasure to uh, be able to uh, talk to him uh, on a one-to-one basis over the years. Uh, and uh, the one thing I'll always remember is. He absolutely, matter of fact, this was the last time I talked to him, he absolutely adored my wife's homemade caramels to the point where he said that uh, he would eat them like popcorn. And the last time that I gave them to him, January of 2019, he, he looked at me and said, well, I'm going to put 10 pounds on. Uh, bring those around sometime, will you, Steve? <laughs> Yeah, what's this? How, how am I just learning about these caramels now? Well, you know, you have to be on her good list. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh-oh, we got yeah, work we to gotta do. Work. Yeah, we got to make that happen. Uh, Clowkey, thank you very much for jumping on with us, my man. We really appreciate it. I appreciate the invite. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Steve Clowkey, uh, of course, voice of the bees in Weber State, but uh, been doing sports radio in uh, in this market. What, Gordon, going back to the mid-90s, early 90s? Yeah, early 90s. Uh, yep. Clowkey, one of the best. One of the best. Celebrating the life of Utah jazz legend, Jerry Sloan. He made players better, and uh, you know, I think the organization saw that. The whole league saw that. He's considered one of the best coaches ever in the NBA, and just uh, I'm very proud to have played for him. Honoring the memory of the Utah Jazz legend and member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, Jerry Sloan.